happy Thursday, my loves. Welcome to Wellness for the Hot Mess. My name is Kristen, and before we get into this week's episode, I just wanted to do a little intro for our amazing, incredible, smart, beautiful, funny, sassy guest, Ms. Lexi Rodriguez. Lexi is a breathwork meditation and movement coach. She's probably one of the coolest chicks I have ever met. She's so insanely relatable and her message is so easy to digest. If you feel like you're in a space of changes and growth and uncomfortability, if you are feeling like, you know, you have a million things on your to-do list or you're trying to integrate new habits or patterns into your routine, or you're simply just trying to find balance within the wellness space, this episode is for you. Lexi is absolutely incredible. I think she gives such a fresh perspective on you know, integrating things like breath work and meditation and movement into our life and how they can really change us for the better. And I really loved, you know, I walked away from my conversation with Lexi feeling so refreshed on my own uncomfortability. I've been feeling super uncomfortable recently and it's taken me 26 years to realize that being uncomfortable means I'm growing and it means that only good things are coming from this space. So I absolutely loved sitting down with Lexi for the time. I loved hearing from her, and I really loved how we ended this episode speaking more to finding balance in this wellness space, you know, because I think it's difficult whether you are somebody who works in the wellness industry or you're someone who just, you know, integrates wellness practices into your life. This is what this podcast is all about, but we really struggle to find that balance, right? We feel like some weeks we have it all together. Others, we can barely get out of bed and, you know, drink our green juice or get to our yoga class, whatever it is. Wellness is like the last thing on our list of priorities. So I really appreciated Lexi's real approach to finding balance when it comes to just existing in the wellness space and, you know, going into a wellness and a holistic lifestyle without the perception of having to be perfect. So I absolutely adore Lexi so much. I know you guys will too. I promise you, you will learn so much from this episode. Whatever you take away, please feel free to share with your family, your friends, share it on Instagram, tag Lexi, tag wellness for the hot mess. Um, But spread the word about this episode because it really is one of those that I, you know, I sat down after and I really appreciated and I really took a lot away from this episode from Lexi from our conversations, and I know you guys will too. So without further ado, let me introduce to you Miss Lexi. All right, let's fucking pray three out of three times. Okay, third time is a charm, I hope. If this thing freezes, I'm going to scream. Lexi, for the third time, welcome to Wellness for the Hot Mess. This just explains everything right now. I love it. And it's so funny because I think we're going to be talking about energy. And Mm -hmm. on my end, usually when there's an energetic disconnect, even if it's technology, I'm like, oh shit, what's the message? It's okay. okay. We're going for it. We're going for it. It's probably because I poured a tequila before 4 p.m. and I don't usually do that. So my guides are like, what are you doing? Wait, I love that. Okay. Speaking of tequila, right before our 
second take cut out, you were telling me a story about the tequila you're drinking now because Lexi's drinking a tequila on the rocks because she's a bougie bitch. Where did you get this? You said it was like some fancy bottle or something. Yeah. So I actually, I, I refilled while we were having technical oh, good, difficulties. Good, good. So um, it's called Ayate, A-Y-A-T-E. Um, and it's a really, really good tequila. But my girlfriend and I were having dinner, like a, a Galentine's event or whatever. And it was one that. of those evenings where I was like, okay, I have to teach in the morning. So let's have a couple and we'll have dinner and we'll like be responsible. Um, and then on our way home, she's like, should we just go get a bottle and like have a couple more? I was like, yeah, cool. It's fine. So she comes back to the car with this like beautiful $80 bottle um, and we drink it until 3 a.m. And I have to teach at 8.30. Oh. And um, needless to say, after that, I was on my couch watching reality TV the rest of the day, but <laughs> it was a good night. You survived. It's all about the memories. I always think the totally. same thing when I teach like 6 a.m. classes. I'm out and about and I'm like, I know I'm going to regret this when my alarm goes off in three hours, but we got to make the memories while we can. For sure. I mean, I I played um, college softball and you think about playing college sports and you think about where you are in life, right? You're yeah. finally free from living with your parents and you have all this, um, all this freedom really to do what you could never do growing right. up. And I right. grew up very sheltered. Um, so we had practice at 530 in the morning, three times Jesus. a week, and we would still go out and party our face off before those practices so you know I've learned from that and that doesn't happen as often um anymore which is good because I'm a grown-ass yeah. woman but <laughs> it still happens sometimes and I'm okay with it yeah I love that so you went to school in Arizona tell us about where you grew up where you are now because I know you're in California now yes so I grew up in Tucson Arizona um where U of A is beautiful, beautiful area. And when I turned 18, I graduated high school, I was out and I wasn't out very far. I only went up to Phoenix, mm. um, but it was far enough. And I had a scholarship to play softball. Um, and I actually had a scholarship to play soccer in Tucson, but because, you know, I didn't want to stay home, I chose the softball scholarship. So I went up there and played, um, and then I finished my schooling at NAU, but also in Phoenix, Arizona. So I spent about six years in Phoenix before I moved to San Diego. And now I'm in La Jolla and it's so, so beautiful. I am so jealous. I did a service trip my junior year or sophomore, junior year of college to San Diego. We worked on the border and we stayed right by La Jolla. And I am so jealous. It is like one of the most beautiful places. It's beautiful. I feel grateful every morning. Take a walk to the beach. Um, it's been it's been kind of chilly, but but I can't even say that because you're in yeah. Chicago. <laughs> yeah. yeah, please don't. We have like <laughs> of snow on the ground, so I would give anything for a chilly beach morning right now. Mm -hmm. I am oh so jealous. So, do you see yourself staying in California? I feel like you and I being in the wellness space, it's just the place to be. Oh my gosh, this place has really skyrocketed my uh, wellness career because yeah. it is so accessible. The food, the spirituality, the fitness, everything is so accessible here. Um, so, you know, it's like, why would I go anywhere else? Right. But I am open to it. My fiance's family is from Portland and I really do love Portland. We talk about maybe maybe 10 years from now, living in Sun River, Oregon, because that's another beautiful place. Um, 
and I love Phoenix. So who knows, but I just know right now for my career and for where we're at in our lives, this is, this is literally my like end game, right? This was a manifestation I had as a, as a young girl and I'm living it. So I'm just going to really enjoy it while I can. Oh, I have chills. Okay. So since we're speaking of it, tell us what you do. So my exact title right now is a spiritual coach. I facilitate breathwork meditation as well as um, just kind of guide women towards creating that deeper connection with their spirituality slash intuition. Um, But I also am a fitness instructor. So before COVID hit, I was full-time teaching Pilates, bar, um, cardio kickboxing. So I was full-time in the fitness space and also doing meditation and breathwork. But when COVID really kind of shut us all down and studios were closed, I was like, all right, well, I'm going to take this as a sign to deepen my practice and really um, start to build my spiritual coaching business. That's awesome. Yeah. And one thing we talked about right before this, we talked and chatted a little bit about, you know, Lexi, what she does. You mentioned that there's three parts to what you do. So it's breath work, meditation, and movement, if I'm correct. Um, I think it's really interesting. I want to dive into that for sure because there are so many people out there who think meditation and breath work are very like woo-woo and spiritual and they'll only do the mm-hmm. movement part or they are very spiritual, but they don't kind of do the movement part. And you're saying when you combine all three, that's when you see the most and you get the most out of it because I've definitely been in those phases where I'm really high on meditation and then I'm kind of avoiding the other aspects and I'm like, oh, I'm not feeling balanced and it's not feeling good. So I've definitely been there. So tell me how you found that all three of those kind of work the best together. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So teaching fitness full time, I mean, you're in the space. So about five classes a day, I came across so many different types of people, right? People that would show up to class to get mental clarity, people that would show up to get, you know, that physical strength feeling really deep in their bones. Um, But I could always tell, I could see it in their eyes, I could read their energy that they needed more. I would work with one-on-one with women and they would be like, I've been doing what you're telling me to do, right? I'm I'm barely eating anything I like. Yeah. I'm drinking all the water I need to drink and I'm not seeing any results. And a huge thing that I'm working with women right now is the weight will come off when you release trauma, when you mm-hmm. release doubt, when you release fear. And that's a very like esoteric thing to say to someone just coming out of a Pilates class. So I didn't. Yeah. (laughs) So I just was like, all right, I'm not going to freak you out right now. But Mm. in my mind, I was like, well, girlfriend, like number one, you're stressed. Number two, I don't think you have much intention behind why you want to fit into those jeans. Mm. Um, And number three, like you're not feeding your body the oxygen it needs to, you're breathing in your chest, right? You don't know how to breathe when you're in a plank. You don't know how to get out of the sympathetic when you're in a stressful state because a lot of workouts are stressful workouts and that's fine. Um, But if you don't know how to get your body back to parasympathetic, you're going to be releasing cortisol the whole time and you're not going to lose any weight. 
Wow. Okay. That was a lot. And that's like makes so much sense when you break it down that way. Cause I love the part that you said about the intention behind wanting to fit in those jeans. I think so many people get twisted there. So I'm curious if you don't mind sharing about your story a little bit, what made you want to dive deep into this type of thing? You're saying like trauma and releasing all of that thing, all of those things through these three elements. Did anything in your life have to do with why you wanted to choose this path on your own? Because it sounds like you could recognize in your clients right away, like, Ooh, I can kind of relate to that from something that I've done in my life. So tell me about your story a little bit. So I played sports my whole entire life, and that was where I felt completely myself. It was where I felt in control of of life, right? It was felt is where I felt like my parents were gonna be stoked on my performance, right? Because it definitely wasn't gonna be in the schoolroom, right? Um, So it was just where I built most of my confidence. And being that competitive, you have to have something click in your mind that's like, I'm better than the rest. I want, I need to win. I want to win. Winning is everything. And that's a good mindset to have. But on a spiritual level, it's a very wounded masculine aspect. It's a very wounded masculine energy. And taking that with me into adulthood was not serving me. And I didn't realize it until I would have these opportunities with work. Um, and I was in the entertainment industry for six years before oh, I was wow. in fitness. Yeah. So, but I would take these opportunities that I thought I wanted, that I thought this one opportunity was going to be the opportunity. And then it wasn't. And I'd be like, it's okay. I'm going to go for this job and I'm going to get that job. And then I'd be like, fuck, this wasn't it either. Um, but I took my competitive advantage. I took my, my, my mental advantage with me until it wasn't as um, it wasn't as enlightening, I guess, as I thought it was going to be. So I decided to really slow down and to heal that wounded masculine aspect of myself. And with that, I listened to my intuition and I ended up moving to San Diego and I quit my radio job. I moved to San Diego and I started just bartending, not just, but literally only job. It was the only time in my life I only had one job. Wow. Only time. Yeah. Um, So I was bartending full time. Um, I was just kind of like, well, we'll see what happens. I tried to get back into radio out here in San Diego and it didn't work out that way. Um, And then I was approached by an owner of a bar studio I was going to and she was like, you need to teach here. Um, and I was like, a bar was a lot, a, like a, a lot more girly than I, yeah. than I ever wanted. Yeah. And I never did bar before I walked into that studio, but I liked it cause it was so challenging. Yep. Yep. Like that's the only reason, right? Like yeah. I was like, this is weird. It's like, it's just, it wasn't my thing. I wasn't a dancer. You know what I mean? I wasn't a ballerina. Right. A lot of, a lot of chicks that teach bar, you know, have a dance background and blah, blah, blah. And she told me you need to teach here. Like you're killing it physically. I think that you would be great, blah, blah, blah. Um, so I did the training and I loved it. And from my radio, my radio background, I killed it on the mic. Being on the microphone wasn't a problem. Um, and I remember the owner being like, wait, what? And I was (laughs) like, yeah, I like am comfortable being on the microphone. I'm comfortable being in front of people. It was, um, it was the technique and the physical aspect of bar that the athlete inside of me was like, well, let's do this. Yeah. Um, so from there I would, it was funny because the bar studio I taught at was across the street from the bar. I bartended at, and you know, 
back and forth. I would, I would. And you know how, um, like the saying is like your bartender, like that, but when it comes to bar, it's like B A R R E tender, yes. it's like that cute yes. saying. Yeah, but I was literally these, these guests or these clients' bartender at the local bar across the street. Um, so it was fun, and then from there, I really just was fascinated with teaching fitness. I got oh. certified to teach Pilates. Um, I started teaching Legree and this was all in my neighborhood. So it was really convenient because I was bartending at the same time. Um, but I was, I was kind of in that balance of bartending all night, drinking all night as well, because that's what we did. I apologize to the owners, (laughs) but you know, we drank, we partied afterwards. It was, it was a good time. And then waking up in the morning and going to teach fitness in the same neighborhood. So it, it definitely was a balance. Um, but it was a good time. And I learned a lot about really what I wanted to do. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. That's pretty funny. I love the bartender thing. So that's funny. amazing. That's awesome. Did you ever have like your actual Pilates bar students come over after like class for a little happy hour? I feel like that would be so cute. Um, not like directly after class, but it was funny because in the mornings I would be teaching and then I would go bartend happy hour or whatever it was. And they would come in with their families and oh, some of the moms. So Yeah, some of the moms would just like say hi and laugh as I would make them a margarita. (laughs) It's hilarious. This community that I live in in La Jolla, um, it's called Windensee, but it's it's from a movie. Like it's a small, small neighborhood. Oh, that's cute. That's adorable. I can like picture that. I know exactly what you mean, but that's super cute. Um, I love though where your background is coming from being super athletic because I relate to that so much. That's literally the main reason I got into soul cycle was when I got on the bike, I had felt like an athlete again and I had missed that feeling so much. And I stopped playing sports in high school. So I was a competitive swimmer. I played volleyball through high school. Once I got to college, I decided it wasn't something I wanted to pursue. So I kind of dropped it and just did like the intramural club sports, Mm -hmm. but I had missed that competitiveness so much. And I think it's so it's crazy because it's hitting me now as we're talking about it. I don't think I ever healed that part of me that was like missing that so much and that competitive part. And when you were saying you were going after job after job and being like, no, it's fine. Like I'll get the next one. Just always trying to be on top of it. I relate to that so much. And it's something that I've had to step back and be like, where is this coming from? I would yeah. have never put the two and two together. And I think it's really great that we're talking about this because so many people listening are going to kind of be like, whoa, I played sports growing up and now I don't. And now I have all of these competitive issues and I don't know what to do with it. So this is like such a cool topic. So when people do come to you, for example, if I were to come to you as a client, how would you help me with your breathwork, meditation and movement to be able to kind of like release, like you were saying, that masculine energy that we kind of have pent up? Yeah. So if you were in more of like your wounded space, your wounded masculine space, which is, which is fine. We all have masculine and feminine and we all have wounded aspects of us, right? We're human. Um, I would, because meditation is more of a masculine, it is a masculine practice. I would bring in visualization. I would bring in, you know, breath work to stimulate different parts of your body that haven't been stimulated. And I would really just ask you to sit down and shut up and be with your thoughts. And if something comes up that you don't want to face, sit down and face it. And I'm here for you. So in a container with me, 
I'm the masculine. I'm holding space for my client to do whatever they have to do. And that's what I tell them because a lot of times people are like, I don't really know. Um, I don't really know what we're going to do. And I'm like, well, you don't have to worry, but you're safe to explore the unseen spaces in your body that you haven't felt safe to explore. That's what I'm here for. That is what your coach is, is there for. Um, and I'm there to be the masculine and I want them to explore and express like the feminine because without that exploration, without introspection um, and facing triggers, traumas, without facing it, we're just going to stay where we are at the same time and or all the time rather. And that's fine. Like, you know, you have people, I'm sure there's people listening that are like, well, I, I, like, I like my life. Yeah. I have an all right job. I, my, my boyfriend sees cool. Yeah. You know what I mean? Quarantine. Yeah. So why would I, why would I break up with them? Right. But it's because you haven't felt the depths of your shadow to increase the high of your highs. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's beautiful work. I learned something new every single day, but being able to incorporate movement in kind of the deeper shit where you're yeah. just like, oh my God, I don't really want to meditate today. It's like, okay, then don't meditate, but let's go do a sculpt yoga class because that's yeah. also okay. So we're talking a lot about this masculine side. How can you, because before when we had chatted a little bit about this, you mentioned to me making breath work and meditation, kind of putting like your own modern twist on it and making it so you feel almost sexy and confident while doing those things. Mm-hmm. How do you like coach that with your clients? Because I'm so curious because I've never heard anyone say we could make this sexy and you could feel confident. I'm just like so intrigued by putting breath work meditation with the same words as sexy and confident. Yeah. I love that question. Um, I think being able to express ourselves in our body, whether it's dancing. Um, I mean, you know, I, I, I mean, I know I've been on a bike in a cycling class and I want to be right in front of the mirror because I want to see my muscles working. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, like that yeah. feels sexy to me. I know now that I'm more in breath work that when I put a little crop top on and I put some leggings on, I see my belly expand as big as it can expand and then, and then contract as skinny as it can contract. That's powerful right? So it makes you feel confident just because of the energy it's building up in your body. So you will feel sexy. But I also think right now it's more acceptable, like being in tune with yourself. And almost in my mind, I'm getting this like goddess-esque energy. Being in tune with yourself is sexy right now. Um, And if you don't think it is, you're wrong. (laughs) You know, it is sexy. Every time you meditate, I tell my clients, every time you meditate and every time you breathe, you're opening up your heart to the opportunities you've been dreaming about, but you haven't been taking action. And this action doesn't have to look stressful. The action is sitting in meditation and visualizing where you want to be in six months. Like, where do you want to be? How do you want to look? And when it comes to body wise as well, you can visualize how you want your body to look. You can visualize the weight coming off and, and it will come off right? It's going to take some action, of course, right? but you can manifest the body of your dreams. Um, And a lot of people, I don't think believe that that's possible, but it is. Yeah. Which is so insane because I'm glad we got onto this topic because people get so freaked out by manifestation. And that's a huge part of what you do. I'm sure if you were to explain to someone in a very black and white sense, who was like, I don't believe in that crap. Like, how could that be real? How would you walk them through manifestation? Because everybody does it, whether they know it or not. 
Dreaming, exactly. setting goals, accomplishing goals, that's all manifesting. How would you explain that to someone to try to make them like see it? I would tell them to take me through a time three years prior and um, I would ask them to tell me where they wanted to be three years from then, right? So I would make them go back mentally and I would make them sit there and tell me, well, what did you do? Okay. Were you single? Were you in a relationship? All right, cool. What were your interests? All right, sweet. And then let's talk about where you are now because guaranteed just from that conversation, it would connect the dots for them and they might not call it manifestation, but why in the, why in the, um, like in the physical aspect or why in the medical field do you say you manifested this, right? This manifested into this. Right. It's because your thoughts are literally so powerful. So your thoughts can make you sick, but your thoughts can also pave a life and build this life that you've always wanted. So we have to, we also have to understand, I think it's important to note to your listeners that our mind is so powerful. We were talking about in an athlete sense, our mind is so powerful, right? It can, it can make us walk up to the plate and hit a grand slam because, because I said so. But our mind is also so powerful that it can, it can really dig us into a hole. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I love this conversation because it's bringing to light so much more than just food and body um, to get to where you want to be when it comes to the wellness space because everyone's goal when they get into health and wellness is usually I want to lose weight or I want to be happier there is a huge piece missing when it comes to that of just food and body. And that is the mind work and the mindset work. So I love that. And a big piece of that is staying consistent and staying with a routine when you are on whatever journey you're in for your wellness. So for a lot of my clients, it's weight loss or just learning about food and trying to eat better. You know, sometimes it's a little bit of confidence, but that comes with building habits and building routines. So how do you coach your clients through that? What are like your little tips and tricks to actually sticking to routines? Because you're introducing three things. It's breathwork, meditation, mm -hmm. movement. Those are three big things. So how do you see success with them to continue on with those three things? Yeah, I'm smiling because I just started with a new client today and I, we were talking about what, you know, what she wanted out of our relationship and how I could hold her accountable. And then I was like, all right, I'm going to message you your homework. Um, don't be overwhelmed. Like this is, you should be excited. Yeah. So the way that I state it to them, it's like, you should be so excited to start this journey, if you will, because in in 90 days, in 30 days, you're going to see a difference. You're going to feel a difference. Mm -hmm. um, so I try to bring in the excitement aspect. And then I also try to bring a little tough love. Like if you don't want to elevate, then don't show up. It's fine. Yeah. Like it's fine. I have plenty of client clients I can work with that really want to show up. So it is a little overwhelming, but I'm also not there to make them feel comfortable. I'm there to stretch them. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I try to make it fun. I do try to make it sexy. And, and the women, like this isn't a confidence program, but the women that I work with always leave and say that they feel so much more confident and safe in their bodies because when you look good, you feel good. When you feel good, you look good, right? And they just go hand in hand. So to wake up and meditate and to commit to meditate every day is showing up for yourself. And if that doesn't give you confidence, I don't know what does, right? When you set a date with yourself and you flake, you're creating that pathway in your brain that's just going to continue to tell yourself to flake. And your ego is going to be like, no, nah, you didn't come yesterday. You said you were, but you're not, 
you know, you're not going to show up. You're not going to show up. So it's really proving to ourselves that we're in control. Oh, I love that. I'm doing a free course right now actually on showing up for yourself. So that's like huge. Oh, good. And it just makes it such a difference. Like you're saying, when you do take the little step to show up for yourself, it just makes the world of difference. If you're having clients who are coming to you for help, because um, I was struggling with this when I was going through my own wellness journey and I did not want to ask for help because I was scared of what the answer would be. But if someone's coming to you and they're saying, I want to accomplish these goals, I want to change my life, I want to be happier, more confident, but I don't want to sacrifice everything I do now. Like I like going out. I like having fun. I feel like in the wellness space, alcohol and you know drugs and things like that aren't really accepted. Um, what do I do? Cause I don't want to give up that part of my life. How do you approach that? Because I know some coaches who are out there that would be like, you got to cut all of that out. What is your yeah. take on it? And I see you smiling. Cause I know your answer, <laughs> you know, when you're happy and when you're enjoying life, like we could, we don't know how long we're here on this earth. So God knows I am not going to give up tequila just to have a hot body for 30 days when who knows what the hell is going to happen in one week. Right. So I would evaluate and make sure that, that these things aren't hurting their growth and they're not fogging their mental space. Um, but we have to enjoy and we have to express. And a lot of times that's a part of expression. You think about ancient religion, you know, like wine is expression. You think about like my family, my mom is Mexican. My dad is Puerto Rican. Like we're not we're not unhealthy about it and we can get deeper into addiction on another show, but it's always, it's a celebration. Like good food is a celebration, right? Um, You know, I'm thinking right now to say that one of my favorite things in the world, and I don't do it often, but is to smoke a joint on the beach with one of my best friends who I don't see often. But I know when we're going to catch up, we're going to go down to the beach. We're going to fucking smoke a joint or eat an edible and we're just going to laugh. Yeah, because that feels good. Right. Um, Something I do do with my clients and I can I can tell your listeners, because maybe if they want to start a short meditation practice, I would say start your meditation in the morning before coffee. And if you are going to meditate in the evening or are you going to if you're going to try to do a, a two a day, I would say start your second meditation in the evening before you go have a glass of wine. And that's it. I love that. Right. And what, and what it kind of does is when you are treating your food or your drinks, like an expression of who you are rather than I deserve this because I worked my ass off. So then you're going to have four glasses of wine rather than I'm going to go have a glass of wine. I'm going to be present with my fiance and excuse me, I'm going to make sure that I did my practice before it feels better. And what I really come to realize is you're not going to need four because you got in back into your head, you connected your mind to your body And you sat giving your soul a lot of love, even if it's just for five minutes before you went and had a glass of wine or had a margarita. Um, So it's just priorities, right? It's you can prioritize spiritual growth and you can also continue to go to happy hour, right? And it's it's a balance and it's a judgment call, but we're all adults and the people I work with are adults. And I would be able to see quickly if, if it was an issue. Sure. Absolutely. Wow. I love that so much. I'm like picturing now an ideal evening, just walking down to the beach with an edible, 
you know, you've got your like wine and cheese board. I love that so much. And I'm sure when you started to talk about this, so many people's jaws probably dropped and they were like, how can this be a thing? How can we be healthy and also find that balance? How have you found it in your life personally? You know, I went from like extreme to bartending till three in the morning or, you know, bartending all morning and drinking the whole time. Right. Because I didn't love what I did. Like I was good at it and it, yeah, it was fun, but I was like, oh God, this person sitting at the bar, I need to take a shot. Like I would look at my coworkers and we'd see like a certain couple come in or whatever it was. And we'd be like, oh God, let's just do it. Um, Two being trying to be like, well, I'm in the wellness space now. I have to go cold turkey. I don't want to drink anymore. I don't think that I can be uh, as powerful as an instructor or Mm. as powerful as an influence if I'm drinking every day. So I, you know, I would completely stop. But then when I would you know, misstep and have a drink, I would get so down on myself. So I would go back and forth, go back and forth, go back and forth. I would, um, you know, tell my fiance, like, I don't want to drink anymore. I don't want to do drugs anymore. Like, I just don't want to. And he, and he is so sweet. And he just like, okay, babe. Yeah. And then literally two days later, I would just be like, let's go get drinks. And he'd be like, are you sure? You know, because I wasn't honoring who I am. I just wasn't. I thought that I had to, in order to channel messages for my clients from my guides, I had to be this clear channel. And yes, there are moments where I'm like, no, I'm not drinking today because I have three clients and they're all channeling sessions. So I'm not going to drink, right? But I'm going to honor the fact that I do drink. I'm going to honor the fact that I do smoke pot. And and I think X exploring different uh, healing modalities are important. I mean, I love psychedelics. I don't do them every day, but I think that they're powerful as hell, you know, like that's a whole nother topic, but I, I just think that they get you out of your human body and your human mind. And if you're someone that gets antsy about meditation or antsy about breath work, a little bit of a little microdose of a mushroom might really change your thoughts on it because it's it's just such an elevating experience. Yeah, wow, that's awesome. Um, so when you say, I'm like curious how you would tell someone or help somebody kind of find themselves a little bit because I I totally agree with what you're saying about the extremes of, and I still do it. There are weeks where I'm like, I can't be showing up in this space this way because according to Instagram or social media, I'm supposed to be this mm-hmm. very pure like single-minded person who's like living this healthy lifestyle and I do get still conflicted. And I think what you found and your balance is just like you said, honoring that you do these things and that's kind of a way to find yourself a little bit. So how do you help your clients quote unquote find themselves to be okay with finding that balance? Cause I think that's where it all stems from is some days I feel very lost in this space and I feel lost mm-hmm. in what I'm doing in life. So I'm just like, okay, yes, this week I'm going to drink and I'm going to go hard. And then the next I'm so mad at myself and I cut it out fully or I cut out weed fully and I'm Mm -hmm. just anxious all the time. So it's about finding yourself and finding that healthy balance. And it's so difficult as women, especially Mm. growing up and women in their 20s and their 30s to find themselves. How have you done it? Because I feel like Mm -hmm. as you talk about this, you have so much confidence in this balance. How have you done that? You know, I ask myself if I'm on a kick where I'm like, I'm not drinking for, I have to stop drinking. I'm not drinking. Why? 
why do I have to stop drinking? Um, and then I get to the bottom and I get to the feeling that's connected with that why. So I have to stop drinking because why? Because I was hungover yesterday because I spent, I you know stayed up till 3 a.m. drinking tequila with a friend and I had to teach. Yeah, that's why. But you don't have to be so extreme about it. I would say, holy shit, I got to get my ass in check and I need to start re-showing up for myself um, and start making better decisions, right? So sometimes you have to put yourself in check. This balance is tough. It's hard work. So if a client is saying, I think I'm going to stop drinking, I say, why, why, right? And I'm there for you. I have your back if that's what you want to do. But if they say, because I want to be more clear-headed and I think it's fogging my thought process, I would say, okay, cool. Um, If they don't really have a clear answer, I would say, let me know what you want. Like, what do you want from not drinking? And let's figure out how to get that to you. And if that answer includes to stop drinking, then we're going to stop drinking, right? But I think that going cold turkey on anything, unless you absolutely have um, a problem, is only going to cause a very polarizing action in the end. Yeah. Definitely. And I've experienced that personally too. Um, It's just like, it's such a delicate balance, I feel like. But then once you find it, you're like, oh, duh. And I love how Mm -hmm. you say, just like asking yourself why, like, why are you stopping or why are you starting? There's so much intention behind that. Um, And that's when I find myself in the best balance is when I let go of those extremes and I stop judging myself for the choices I'm making. And I trust myself a little bit because I know what I'm doing with my own body. I know you know, if I do want to have an edible one night or if I do want to drink a little bit and have fun with my girlfriends, I know I support myself in those decisions. So that's a really interesting topic. But I love talking about that because, again, like I said, so many people have probably their jaw dropped to the floor when they heard you bring that up, this topic up, because when we go on Instagram and when we try to step into this wellness space, we get very intimidated as coaches and as just normal clients when we're researching about wellness, about holistic wellness or meditation and movement, a lot of the times we stumble upon these people or these coaches and these accounts. And let me preface with saying there's nothing wrong with these people at all, but I think they're just very different than us, but they are living these, you know, clean lives and they don't have quote unquote cheat days and they exercise and move their body every single day. And that's why it makes it seem impossible to us. Have you ever found yourself comparing yourself to other coaches in this space and being like, why am I not like them? What the hell is going on with me? Oh, a hundred percent, especially early in my spiritual journey where um, I'm a Reiki master. So when I started studying different healing modalities that really had a lot to do with channeling and energetic um, transfer, I felt like I had to be completely clean, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I don't eat meat. I eat fish, so I am a pescatarian. But um, I have some really great teachers and mentors in my life that are like, you are transferring this this beautiful energy to someone through your heart, not your the blood in your veins or because of what you eat like mm-hmm. the intention is coming from your heart it's not right. coming from um anything you consume right right and it, what i'm consuming isn't if it isn't changing me as the person then it's not a problem right and again we know when it is a problem and what it isn't but when i first got in this industry a lot of my coaches didn't drink 
right? And that's that's one of my questions. Like I have a spiritual coach where she's just like, I don't drink and she's proud of it. And I'm proud of her, but she did sure. make it, a, she makes it a point on Instagram to be like, and I don't drink much and, you know, and, or no, I don't drink at all because I just think it fogs up your brain. And I want to be a, I want to be a clear channel for my angels. And I'm like, I want to be a fucking clear channel too. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So I'm like, should I stop drinking? And I've also seen other mentors of mine go through the process of stopping drinking and me being like, oh, fuck, I like, I really look up to her. Should I do that too? And not in a negative comparison way, just in a like, this chick's my mentor. Right. Um, I'm I'm willing to do whatever it takes to be the best coach I can be or to be the best healer I can be. So I thought maybe I should, but then I've also seen different people that I love go through the journey of going back to drinking right and also doing it very very gracefully and me kind of being like oh okay you know it's a it's a constant like it is a constant battle but that's why it's so important to connect to your intuition and I tell my clients that what we do in our time together is build our our own our own intuitive language, our own intuitive handbook, because mine is different than yours. So yeah. if you have yours and I say, Hey, I'm, I'm not going to drink. Like we did this podcast. It was all about, it was all about drinking. Da, 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 and I say, Hey, I'm not going to drink because my intuition told me that doesn't mean you have to stop because your language is different than mine. Um, so it's just like standing firm in standing firm and always every day learning more about yourself and your connection because your intuition will tell you exactly what you need to do. So if you ask your intuition, Hey, should I stop drinking? And your intuition is like, yes, you're a hot mess. <laughs> and then you listen, but you know, nine out of 10 times, your intuition is going to be like, you just need to get out of your head and commit to the things that make you feel good. And if that's a glass of wine, that's okay. Right. We got it. We, we fucking, we're so hard on ourselves, yeah. especially us in this space. Yeah. We're so hard on ourselves to, to be on clubhouse, to be on Instagram, to have a podcast, to do all this stuff. And then because we have these platforms, we're so hard on ourselves because we have to be the perfect person that other people want us to be. Right. right? And that's why I love your show. And I love this platform that you've created because you're just yourself. And like, you're just like, I don't have my life together all the time. And sometimes I'm stoked and I do. And sometimes I'm like, what the hell? And that's called life. It's called yeah. ebb and flow. And yeah. if you're not feeling that way, you probably have to stretch yourself more. Yeah, absolutely. Do you think that our intuition is fogged or, you know, influenced by social media? I think if you let it, it is. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think that... I, I'm proud that, and it wasn't always like this for me, but I'm able to silence an Instagram page if I need to, and I'm able to unfollow, um, and I've been able to curate this really healthy, dope platform for myself. Right. And I still have moments where I'm comparing, but that right. has nothing to do with them. It has everything to do with me, right? So when I start to compare myself on Instagram, um, or on social platforms, I'm like, where am I feeling insecure about myself? It's not their job to make me feel secure, right? It's not your job to post to, and you're like, fuck, I hope all the other people in my industry 
are comfortable about this. Like, it's just not, that's just not how it is. Right. So everything is a mirror. If you start to feel a certain way, it's because of you. Um, so I know if I start to feel a certain way that I'm probably not showing up the best I can for myself. Absolutely. Yeah. I love that. And I'm happy that you curate your feed as well. I think we get really scared of the term unfollow or we feel like, you know, people are going to come after us if we unfollow us. And for our own mental space, it's so important to curate what you want to see, um, which is why I love the mute button on Instagram. I think I oh, yeah. muted so many people this last year and it's no hard feelings against them, but we're so sensitive to that damn unfollow button that it's like, I just can't bring myself yeah. to do it. But why sacrifice fogging your own you know, clarity, your own mental clarity and intuition just to keep your feed, I don't know, looking at other people's stuff. Instagram is such a tricky space. And I do, I've said this before on the podcast, I do get very nervous for the generations after us and how they're growing Mm -hmm. through, you know, TikTok and Instagram. And it's such a beautiful space to create if you curate it the way you should. Um, But there are so many people I feel like that just follow accounts because they feel they have to or because they're trying to compare themselves to them. So it's, I get nervous for like younger girls out there. I definitely think about, because I think about younger me and where I was in my headspace. Mm -hmm. And if I were to add social media on top of that, I think I would have been train wreck. Totally. No, I feel you. And you know what else is worse about that too, is like, they are, aren't going to be diving deeper into, or maybe they will, but into the, into the mental health space and into the health space. So hopefully, cause it is out there more like TikTok does have a lot of cool, um, wellness tips and blah, blah, sure. blah. So hopefully those same, that same generation is honing on that too. But I totally agree with you. There's so much going on that I, I haven't even dove into TikTok or I'm trying to post more reels because I know quote unquote, it'll be good for my business. But I just, <laughs> it literally takes me two hours and yep. I just, I don't have that time. Literally give up, throw my phone at one point. And I'm like, do they actually really care about this stupid fucking reel? No. And I refuse. I refuse to point out a box with some words in it. Like, I right. think I hopped on that for one. And I was like, I can't do this every fucking time. What's the point? Just right. say it. Right. right. Like, right. it's like this weird fucked up game of charades. I'm like, I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> I love that. It's amazing. So funny. Okay. So tell me then your hot mess moment. Let's do of the week because it is Thursday. So we're nearing the end of the week. I would oh love my to gosh, know okay. your, your biggest hot mess moment of this week. Oh, my hot mess moment of this week. Let's see. It was planning on working out four times this week. Okay. Only working out two and that's fine. Sure. But and I'm just saying this because this is me. I try to eat better on the weekdays so that on the weekends I could do my thing. I love that. eating like it was the weekend during the week. Yep. Yeah. So I guess that's my hot mess moment. And even like I know I'm going to dinner tomorrow for a friend's birthday. Um. So but even tonight after pouring my tequila, I'm like, who can I ask to go out to happy hour? Because restaurants <laughs> are open here now. Um. So, you know, it's a hot mess, but it, it it's fucking life. I love that. And I always preach about an 80-20 balance. And people are like, oh, 80% vegetables. I'm no, 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 no. 80% like staying on track with myself. 20% I'm living my damn life. I'm 26. I'm a 26-year-old living in a city. I'm going to live my fucking life. And I'm going to eat that burger. I'm going to eat the burger and I'm going to eat pizza. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, yeah. It's great. It's great to be aware of that. And it's great to have the community or the people in your life that – that support you when you're eating healthy and when you're not drinking and when you're like, who wants to go to happy hour with me? You have those friends that are like me. Um, 
And that's huge. So I, I would say to your listeners, find that support system. Cause I have friends where I'm like, I'm going to stay in, you know, I, I, I have to honor my energy. I have a workshop on Sunday, so I'm probably going to stay in this weekend, blah, blah, blah. And I have friends that are like, cool. I'm like, but next weekend, let's go. And they're like, cool. Right. So it's, you don't have pressure to go out and about. And I think COVID really, really laid that rule down. Right. Allowed people to just kind of stay in their house if they wanted to. It's been a a, a dream for me, not for my fiance, Um, (laughs) but it's cool because we can have boundaries if we want. Yeah. That's, I think a huge part of showing up for yourself and finding yourself is honoring yourself first. And then the rest will follow with the people you surround yourself with. I've definitely had people in my life before who would question, you know, why aren't you going out or why do you do this? And that definitely oh, brings, the worst. Yeah, it brings your energy down for sure. So that's a great point in itself. If you're listening to this and this is the only thing you've picked up from this whole podcast is surround yourself with those people that you can be authentically you around. Totally. It's important. I have, um, I'm so blessed to have like a good amount of women in my life that are in the same industry as me. So I honor when they're going to need to be in their house because they're creating something, a new course, or, you know, they're just create in creation mode. And I totally honor that. And then it's so funny when we have our nights out because we always joke, we're like, we don't do this often, but when we do, my fiance knows that he's going to pick me up wherever I am and probably pick up the tab and we're going to be a hot mess. Um, But our day job is really, really cultivating spiritual guidance for people and that it also works fine that way. Yeah. I love this. I'm so glad you came on because you're just like the coolest fucking chick I've ever met. And you're so deep into the (laughs) spiritual space. I hope this shows people you don't have to be walking on a cloud or, you know, radiating spirituality and handing out tarot cards left and right because people just get it so twisted when it comes to taking care of your brain. So I'm so fucking glad you came on. I think people are going to have such a new, refreshed perspective on how important it is to balance the spiritual aspect. Um, but before you hop off, is there like anything you're dying to tell the listeners, something that you need them to know before you get out of here? You know, what comes to mind is you can do whatever the fuck you want to do in life. Like it's not, that's not an extreme thing to think. I think when it comes to manifestation, people play it really, really safe. Yeah. And they're like, well, I mean, I kind of just want to have a good day at work. It's like, no, what do you want? What do you want? Value is unlimited, right? You can get whatever you want in life. You have to believe it, right? And you have to you have to dive in. And I will say it, quote unquote, do the work. Yeah. But you can have whatever the fuck you want in life. You can be whoever the fuck you want to be. And you just have to believe it. Oh, I love that. I have chills. Okay, before you go, last thing, last thing, where can we find you? Give me your social media handles. What do you yes. have going on? If people want to reach out to you for coaching, how do they do it? Yeah. So social media is probably the best thing on Instagram. It's Lexi.Marie.Rodriguez. I'm going to send you the link um, for my, a couple meditations. I have a portal that you can sign up for and I add meditations to it every, every month, whenever I'm feeling called, I add stuff to it. um, So you can just click, click that link. And then once you click the link, you'll be in my community um, forever. So I would love to talk to you. I always just love to get to know people as well because everyone's so different. Everyone has a different story and it opens my heart up to creating different 
products and different energy activations for that type of person. Yeah. So talk to me, talk to me, send me a DM. I'm always open to chat. Cool. Awesome. Well, thank you for coming on. You are the coolest. I swear it's people like you who are going to change this world. So you all are so lucky you You were graced with Lexi's spirit tonight because she's dropping some knowledge on us. You're so sweet. All right. I'll see you when I see you. Yeah. I'll see you later. Bye. Bye, babe.